Uh, I want you to um, tonight. We're gonna we're gonna begin a series. I think it's fitting tonight. I, I changed my series. I, I was gonna do something on busyness, and then the Lord instructed me to do this. I want to talk about. I want to start this series on trusting God, even when life hurts. Amen. Trusting God, even when life hurts. Amen. Thank you, ushers. Amen. Trusting God, even when life hurts. Amen. 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 Um, I don't know about you, but I remember as a young young man going through all kinds of issues, uh, family issues. You know, look at watching my mom go through financial issues. Anybody been, anybody saw your mama and your daddy struggling? Amen. Some of you grew up on the good side of the mountain, amen. So you didn't have that, 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 that picture. But the one thing that I want to tell you, whether it's poverty, whether it's prosperity, we all have to struggle with the idea, amen, at times asking the question, where is God? Come on, somebody. Where is God in this situation? Amen. And I know that many of you have lived long enough, amen, to go through certain things. And what I found out, amen, is that uh, if you live long enough, you'll find out that trusting God is something that we all will have to do at some point. Are you with me? And so, but... I'm talking about trusting God when adversity strikes, when trials, when life, amen, experiences uh, come, amen, and you still have to make a decision whether or not you're going to hold on or whether or not you're going to give up. Anybody here with me tonight? Amen. Uh, uh, Job went through, amen. Uh, if you go to Job chapter 5, this Bible study, let's go to Job, Job chapter 5 right quick. Amen. I want to want to show you something. Job chapter 5, verse 7. And we already know what Job went through, right? Uh, we know that Job went through all kinds of stuff. But yet he what? He trusted God. How does a man or woman trust God? When things go bad, right? Uh, things may be good right now. It's easy to trust God when things are going good. Job chapter 5 verse 7 says, For a man is born. Come on, somebody. For what? As what? Sparks fly what? Upward. <laughs> you see that? He says a man is born for trouble. Now, let me say this. I want to help somebody with this. Many of you have asked, had, had questions. Why does life, why is things the way they are? Why, why, is, why are people the way they are? I have, I have a very easy answer to that. Man is in his fallen condition. Because man is in his fallen condition, he gravitates naturally to things, amen, that, that will bring him further away from God. The, the average person who's not born again does not know that they can trust God. Amen. They talk about a God, but not 
the God of the Bible. Are you with me? Job says a man is born for trouble. Now, this is chapter 5. Job's friends had already came to counsel him and they were giving him bad advice. And Job now is in a place where he understands and he has accepted what God has allowed. So if I were to give you a point right there, I would say if you're going to trust God, you've got to come to a place, especially when life hurts, that you're going to trust God Amen. And you're going to believe that, watch this, that whatever he, watch this, whatever he allows, you accept. Oftentimes we struggle with acceptance of the things that are, that, that are going on in our lives. Anybody here struggling with the decisions or with some of the things that you are going through right now? You're like, man, I just, you know, but I want to help you with something. You have to accept what God allows because God knows what? Best. Yes. Watch the next verse. He says what? This is the key to your acceptance right here. Verse 8. He says, but as for huh? but as for me, I would what? Seek God. How do you seek God when you lost a loved one? Come on, somebody. When, when, when you just lost your job that you've been at a long time, when, when you went through a divorce or, or you're going through uh, personal, uh, emotional issues right now and you're trying to figure it out, you say, how can I seek God? That's where I'm going to teach you in this series. How to trust Him. How to depend on Him. Come on, somebody. How to hold on to his unchanging hands. There's something you got to know about God. Sunday I'm starting a new series here called FAQs, Frequently Asked Questions. And here's the first thing I'm going to preach about Sunday. You ready for this? How long does God stay mad at me? Come on and help me somebody. Come on and help me somebody. See, and that's all part of the trust issue. But trusting God means what? He says, I will seek God. Watch what he says. I would what? And I would place my cause. What is it? Now, now the word there in the Hebrew for cause, that word means your concern. Anybody got a concern tonight? And, and let me say this, in trusting God, you have to know this, you have to trust in God's ability. Amen. Watch this, God's ability to know that, that you know that he is all-knowing. Come on, somebody. Come on. And, and, and oftentimes what I found out is that people struggle with bringing things to God like they're bothering God. Here's the thing. Learning to trust God in adversity has been a difficult process for me. It has been a difficult process for me. But what I found out over the years that it pays off after a while. You're wondering why, and you're asking why, but tell your neighbor, stop asking why and ask who is in control. Do I have anybody? And here's the thing. We have to come to a place during our time of difficulty and adversity to understand God's nature, God's characteristic, God's attributes. Are you with me? God, number one, is faithful. Are you with me? He's what? He's faithful. 
Amen. God, watch this, is all-knowing. So there's nothing that God does not know, right? The other thing you have to understand about God and in your adversity, because what happens to us in our, in our adversity, we get caught up in time when God exists in eternity. I just said something. See, I'm getting too heavy for you tonight. Watch, watch it. Watch it. We get caught up in time. God exists in eternity. So what does that mean, Pastor? That means that God sees down the corridor of time. That's why when the psalmist said in 139, Psalm 139, he says, wherever I go, you're there. Come on, go to Psalm 139 for me. Watch this, watch this. Let me, let me, let me hope somebody tonight. Psalm 139. See? And, and, and trusting God is you knowing who he is and really understanding that there's a God. Right? Last time we talked about worshiping him, about, about you know, experiencing him in, in his word. But, but check this out. He says, oh Lord, you've searched me. And you what? Do you not know that God knows you? Come on and help me somebody. Come on and help me. Listen, don't think that God does not. Listen, let me, let me share something with you tonight. God knows you better than you. Are you with me? And if God knows you better than you, why would you not trust the one who knows you better than yourself? Watch the text. He says, you understand what? I'm sorry, verse 2. You know when I sit down. <laughs> I'm trying to help. Listen, trusting God in adversity means this, that you understand what God already knows about you. What God already knows about you. But in our adversity, we don't think about God, we think about the adversity. You with me? Watch this, watch this. You understand, I'm sorry, you know when I sit down, you know when I rise up, you understand my thought from where? Can you imagine that God doesn't have to really be close to know what you're thinking about? And that's the eternity factor. That's the fact that God, time means nothing to him. Right? So one day is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. So therefore, if I'm going to learn to trust God, somebody here tonight, I want to tell you, your issue is trust. <laughs> I'm going to say it one more time. Your issue is trust. And when things get hard, you go back to what you know. You go into what I call survival mode. You go back to doing what you know to do. But if you were to just let go, Oh, come on, I'm going to teach it by myself now. And let God. He will do it. Why? Because he already knows. Watch the text. Watch the text. Verse 3 says, you scrutinize my path. Am I lying down? Am I, am I what? Am I lying down? And are intimately acquainted. Man, you know, man, God already knows how you act. Come on, you know what we do? We we hide who we really are. Come on, somebody. But but God says, I know you, I know the real you. But when you get in your car, 
when you by yourself, I already know you, so why don't you just be real with me? I am acquainted, amen, with what? You know what the word acquainted means? It means to be accustomed. God is accustomed to you acting like that. means that God sees what your attitude reveals. <laughs> yeah, somebody just missed that. God sees what your what? So he already knows. He already knows. And could it be that the reason that you and I are stealing something or whatever that is, right, is because God already knows how you're going to act. How are you going to respond? How are you going to follow him? How are you going to trust him or not trust him? So he allows things. Are you with me? Don't be so caught up in what you're going through that you forget that there's a God who can, who can bring you through. You with me? Look at verse 4. He says, even before there's a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, what? You know it, you know it all. Look at the text. He says, you know it what? Oh, you have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain to it. He says, listen, I don't know how you do it. Come on, somebody. Can, can, do I have anybody here? You, you've seen God do some things in your life. You're wondering, man, how did he do it? How did you do? How did you know that I was going to come, come on? And, and then everything just falls in line. Tell you that because there's a God. There's a God who knows. The psalmist here is David. Let me explain something about David real quick. David was a man who was anointed king, but yet not appointed king. And he was also a man who had to go through many adversities and yet trust God. I don't know what it is. You, you, you take Moses and you find that he had to go through adversity. You find, you find Joshua. You, you find, you find um, Paul. All of the disciples in the Bible. And it seems to me that God uses adversity to get us to a place to trust him. Can I say something? We wouldn't trust him if everything was good all the time. Let's tell the truth. Yeah. Yeah. If, if everything was good all the time, I mean, like all the time, would we really trust would, would we really need him? <laughs> and I'm not saying that, you know, you have to go through stuff all the time. You know, but every now and then we need to, we need to, we need a checkup. Every now and then we need something to happen. Do I have anybody? Look what he said. He said, he said I, I, I can't understand it, Lord. I, he says, verse 7, he said, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? Now, let me say this. What David understood about God is that he understood that everything, he understood Colossians. He understood what the writer meant when he said that God is in everything, through everything, and is everything. Yes. 
Right? And so what I believe that we have to learn to do if we're going to trust God in adversity, we have to understand that God is still present in the midst of adversity. That you accept what he allows, but secondly, that you understand that God is present in the midst of it. Are you with me? I know, I know some of you, some people, you know, the, 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 what the, um, the condo that collapsed in Florida. Do you know how many people are sitting there waiting, trying to figure out, trying to find out? They still have what's called hope. But it's a tragedy. But in tragedy, we have to understand that God has not changed. Do I have anybody? He says here, he says here, he says, if I ascend to heaven, you are what? I'm, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to illustrate this for you, okay? Watch this. If you go higher in life, <laughs> if you ascend to something greater, if you go to heaven, you die, okay? So, but, but I'm talking about here, illustrating right here. Watch this. If you, if you go higher, he's there. But the beautiful thing about God, when you ascend to higher, watch this. He will give you the wisdom to handle what, what comes with going high. Are you with me? Watch this. He says, if I make my bed, where? In here. See, you can live on earth with it either being heavenly or hellish. Come on now, come on now, come on now. The choice is yours. And I believe that some of us, we bring on some self-affliction. Self Woe is me. But I want to say this to you tonight. God is there. I'm trying to help somebody with something tonight. I want you to know that God is present in your situation. He says, if I make my bed in hell, you're there. Behold, you're there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your, what? Your hand will what? Your hand will what? Lead me. Lead me, O oh Lord. Lead me. God, if you're going to trust him in adversity, you got to remember two other things. Ready? He'll never leave you. He will never leave you. Psalm 46 and 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. And then God will lead you. Watch this. Psalm 23 says what? Even though I walk through the valley, what? He leads me beside what? Still waters. Why? Because as a sheep, he knows what you need. But in adversity and in trials, in, 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 in trusting him, you've got to understand that God wants to lead us through, saints. He will not leave you. That is a hard concept 
for people to grasp because we want to see a God. We want to see. That's why the children of Israel, when Moses went up to the mountain for 30 days, you know what they did? They built or they, they, they made a golden calf. They wanted a God that they imagined and the God that they imagined was from all the years that they were in Egypt. Watch this. They forgot the God that parted the Red Sea. I'm trying to help somebody tonight. Watch this. God has parted some Red Seas in your life. Amen. God has brought you through the wilderness of life. And yet, when something goes wrong, car break. Don't let the car break. Oh, man, that's like the worst thing that ever happened. <laughs> Listen, when the children of Israel imagined God, they imagined God as a calf. Oh, I'm giving you some revelation. May I ask you a question? In adversity, how do you picture God? How do you picture him? Do you picture him as what is made out in the Bible? Text says, watch what text says. Text says, whoo, thank you, Jesus. He says, even there, I'm sorry, he says, even there your hand is what? Your hand will lead me and your right hand, watch this, your right hand will lay hold of me. Is this not a text of trust? It's not, listen, do you think that David, let me, let me, let me understand. Do you think that David actually saw God? No. So everything that David is thinking about as it, as it pertains to God, as it typifies God, as it illustrates God, as it pictures God, is something that David is trying to express to us to say, this is what God is like. And no matter what anybody may say to you, if you don't put your trust in God over man, it will never work. Friends will let you down. People will let you down. Some of the people that you thought would still be with you, you'll ride or die. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Y'all thought y'all were blood, blood brothers and sisters. Y'all were just shoelace. You know what I mean? <laughs> now you're like, what happened? But when friends left you, when family forsook you, come on somebody, when folk turn on you, God says, I'm right here with you, man. David experienced this. David experienced, David was a loyal man. He was a loving man. He, he led. He loved God. But what he found out is this. After it's all said and done, you can trust God. Yes. I know I can trust him. God revealed some things to me this morning about trusting him. And, and he showed it to me. He says, I will never, ever let you down. Yes. Now, you got to believe that. I know we say that. You know how many, you know how many, God will never let me down. You know what I'm saying? But do you believe that? I do you believe that? That God will never let you down. Let me ask you a question. Can I ask a question tonight for real? You're in church. Don't, don't tell no fears. Has God ever let you down in your life? Has he ever done anything where it left you 
feeling like, where is God? Has he ever done anything to you? But you got to know this, that adversity, God does not cause adversity. He allows adversity. It is all about how you go through it. It's all about now you move from having a good time. This is the part I love about Job, right? Job told his wife, now hold on back, hold on back. Now we, we had some good days. Did we not? Amen. We had some good days. Can we not accept the bad days also? And oftentimes, I think that's what happens to us. We get so accustomed to the good days that when the bad days come, we get shocked. We're like, what? But I thank God for those bad days. It keeps me balanced. It keeps me grounded. It keeps me in a place, come on somebody. It keeps me in a place of trusting. May I say this to you tonight? The thing that you're going through tonight is God's way of saying, hold on just a little bit longer. Trust me. I'm God. I know what I am doing. Do I have anybody? Look, look what he says. He says, he says, even there your hand will lead me. It's verse 11. He says, if I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me. The light around me will be night. Even, in, even the darkness is not dark to you. And the night is as bright as day. See, with God, everything is opposite. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Darkness and light are alike to you. For you formed my what? Inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. Yes. Verse 14. I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul know it, knows it very well. Yes. David is thinking about, he, you know, he's, he's looking at his body, he's looking at his frame, he's like, man, man, there's got to be a God. David wasn't no, he wasn't no, he didn't know biology, he didn't know none of that type of stuff, but, but what David, what David was doing, he was making an observation. I'm trying, well, I'm, I'm going to help you. In his adversity, he was making an observation about how good God is. And oftentimes what we do, we overemphasize the issues rather than over, over exemplifying our God. Come on, somebody. Glorifying God in the midst of what we're going through. David said, man, listen, look at me, God. I know I'm going through right now while he's writing. He says, I know I'm going through. He says, but guess what? Because he's talking about darkness. He's talking about light. He's talking about all these other things. But yet David says, no, uh-uh. I'm going to trust God in the midst of all of this. Are you with me? Let me say this to you. Let me say to, to, to you right quick. This series is designed to glorify God by acknowledging his sovereignty and his goodness. Secondly, amen, I want to encourage you to see from God's word, come on somebody, that through whatever circumstance you may encounter in the next 30, 60, 90 days, that you will understand that the only option you have, come on and say amen, the only option you have is to trust a God who will lead you. Come on somebody, who will love you. Come on somebody, who will keep you in the midst of what you're going through. Are you with me? 
Uh, go to, let, 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 me, let me show you what we do real quick. Um, go to Micah, Micah chapter 7. See, so, 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 so the question on the floor now is can you trust God? That's the question on the floor. I, I know people, I hear people testify, God, Pastor, God and then this, God and then that. So everything is really awesome and all that and then things like that. And from the time they go through, all that stuff go out the window. Some people even hold grudges against God. Some of us here tonight, you may be holding a grudge. You may be like, man, like, why did God do this? Why am I life like this? Listen, let me tell you something. You can stop asking why. Except what he allows. Michael 7, 5. Somebody read that for me. We in Bible study. Michael 7, 5. Like, what, what book is that? Mohu? Michael. Do not trust in a neighbor. Uh oh. Have no confidence in a friend. Guard the doors of your mouth. For her who lies in your arms. For the son treats the father with contempt. The daughter rises up against her mother. The daughter in law against her mother in law. A man's enemies are the men of his own house. See? Well, let me decode this right quick. But that's me. Let me, let me, let me decode this right quick. Okay. Uh, okay. Now watch the watch the movement of the text, okay? Now this is the prophet Michael. Mm -hmm. And what the prophet is doing is he's acknowledging God. Okay? If you back up to verse 1, he says, Woe is me. He says, For I am like a fruit picker, like a grape gatherer. There is not a cluster of grape to eat or a first ripe fig which I crave. The godly person has perished from the land, and there's no upright person among men. All of them lie in wait for bloodshed. Each of them hunt, hunts the other with a net. Okay? What Micah is doing, he's stating the condition of Israel. The people of God had forgotten God. The people of God had went their own way. He says, man, I'm out here trying to, he illustrates himself. He says, woe is me. Here's a man, here's the prophet who's saying, listen, Here's what's happening. Verse 2. The godly person from around me has perished. Some of us are saying, well, I'm a godly person. I should not perish. I'm trying to help you with something. Adversity is part of the Christian life. Get good with it. See, we want, we want a Christianity without trouble, without trials, without circumstance. But the godly will suffer, but God will give them what they need to fight the good fight. Amen. Because on the other side of this, you shall wear a crown. Amen. When it's all over. Come on, somebody. Amen. You will see his face, you know. But at the end of the day, what was going on with Israel at this time, they had lost their way. They were putting more trust in people he couldn't run to the godly because the godly had gone, was gone. Woe is the day when the godly is gone. Woe is the day. That's why he's saying, and let me tell you something, we're living in those times right now where they're legalizing everything. I'm going to say it one more time. They're legalizing everything now. So
So it becomes very difficult for the godly to stand up and say, hey, that's wrong. But the text says, verse 5, it says, don't, do not trust in the neighbor. Do not have what? Here's what you got to find out in this season of your life. You ready? Who can you trust? And when everyone is gone, you ever notice how God just pluck them off one by one? I'm going to say it. Am I talking to myself? He just pluck them off one by one. And listen, you're like, what happened? What, what? We used to be tight. And then now you're craving a connection. And you're craving attention. And then you're trying to get it, but they ain't giving it. And then God is saying, put your trust in me. God will go through all of that to get you back. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. He loves you. And sometimes you got to do, God has to do some things to pull you right on back. Boy, I'm feeling this. Watch what he says. He says, do not have confidence in a friend for he, for her who lies in your bosom. Guard your lips. You see that? He says, even the closest relationships. Watch this. He says, for son treats father contemporaneously. Amen. That means with strife. Father and son. Foolishness. Father and son has a bad relationship. Amen. Daughter rise up against what? Mother. The people of God had lost their way, y'all. He says, he says, he said, the moral fiber of the people. I'm coming to close. The moral fiber of the people, listen to me, the moral makeup, the spiritual makeup of the people of Israel at this time, it had disintegrated. And the people of God now, watch this, they had lost all their morality. In other words, they were putting laws into place. That make it very difficult for the godly to operate. This ain't, this ain't new. Come on, somebody. This ain't new. This this stuff ain't new to God. Depravity been around a long time. But what you and I have to learn to do is this: we have to learn to do one thing. And that one thing, I, I got to say it. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. It can be difficult at times because you don't see God. And sometimes when you're praying, you're just like, man, it just this ain't making no sense. I mean, it's just not happening. It's just, I mean, it's just not, it's just not happening. It's like God, it's going away. I just don't understand. And that's where we begin to lean on our own understanding. Look what he says. He says, he says, a man's enemy are the men of his own household. He says, verse seven, but that's for me. I will watch. Come on, talk about trust, y'all. Come on, talk about trust, will you? I will what? Watch. Don't fall asleep. I will watch expectantly. Come on, say so. Expectantly. Say so. 
This word, this word, this word, very interesting word. It means to be like a spy. It, it means to keep watching. May I say this to you? You can't trust God if you don't expect nothing from God. Can I ask you a question? I got 19 seconds. What are you expecting from him tonight? Are you expecting him to turn things around for you? Are you expecting him to make a way out of no way? But can I tell you something? With expectation comes waiting. He says, I will wait for the God of my salvation. Not only says he's going to wait, but he says, while I'm waiting, I, my God will. See, here's what I'm trying to say to you. When you pray, you got to believe that God is going to hear you. God, I believe you're going to hear me tonight. Do not rejoice over me. Oh my enemy. See, your enemy. Let me, let me help you something with your enemy real quick. Your enemy is waiting. Okay, you say, you say, Pastor, I'm, I'm too old for that. I ain't got no enemy. Oh, you got an enemy. You have an unseen enemy. All right? And let me tell you about that unseen enemy. He's going to show up in the representative on the phone that you're calling about your Medicaid vote. Y'all ain't Y'all ain't I ain't got nothing. And then you go smooth off. Your blood pressure go up high. You're like, you just tripping out. You throwing the phone and all kinds of stuff. No, ma'am, I can't help you and all this stuff. You know, my, my point is this, y'all. Keep living. The enemy knows. He knows how to, he knows your Achilles heels. He knows what to do. But let me say this to you. Don't rejoice long, my enemy. For though I fall, you know what the problem is with most people? They don't, they don't want to admit that they have the capacity to fall. And that's the reason why when they do fall, they're devastated. Can I tell you something? I'm only one step from falling. And I keep that in my mind because watch this. Because here's what I know. I know if I trust God. Amen. The steps of a good man are ordered by God. Watch this. And though he fall, he will not go headlong. Why? For the Lord will hold him up in his righteous right hand. God will hold you up. When your enemies are rejoicing over you. He says, though I dwell in darkness, the Lord, because I'm trusting him, is a light for me. God is your light and your salvation. Whom shall you fear? Psalm 27. The Lord is the strength of your life. That's David. And so throughout this series, what we're going to learn, we're going to learn how to build our trust above everything that you have. You will learn how to build your trust in God. Amen. Come on, give God a hand clap praise.
things that he has done for us. I am grateful to God tonight to have shared his word for the first time here. Amen. 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 Um, another thing I want y'all to do for me is I want y'all to bring your Bibles to Bible study. Amen. If you don't have a Bible, yes. I will give you a Bible. Okay, but I need you to get a Bible and a notebook. Let's do this thing right. Take notes. You can't remember everything I said. I know you can't remember, and I know you ain't going back listening. Hello. See, what I want you to do is I want you to be strong. I want you to be a strong Christian. I don't want you to be a shallow. You know, you can drown in shallow waters. <laughs> Some of us don't know how to swim that good. Amen. But if you have your Bible and you have your pen and you have your notebook, we're going to have a little bookstore right there with all your stuff that you can get. Amen. So that way you can have your weapons. You need weapons. Amen. I know we stream everything now and all that kind of stuff, but listen, don't be so dependent on this. Right now, I got, I'm in red. Now imagine if I was relying on this. Amen. Get your Bible. Get your pen. Get your notepad. Don't think it's old fashioned. It ain't old fashioned. It's right. Because whatever you write down, you remember. Oh, I just said something. I found out something. I found out that a long time ago. Whenever I give instructions to people, write it down. I say, "Oh yeah, they gonna remember that." So tonight, God wants you to do something. He wants you to understand that He is always gonna be with you. When friends are few and people let you down.